Saturday, 17th of April, 1999. Wolves will take all the credit because they came here with a game plan, said Trevor Francis, the Birmingham manager. But it worked because of our inability to stick the ball in the net. Well, Wolves did stick the ball in the, the ball in the net that day, all because of one man, Steve Corica. And they kept a shutout at the other end because of Melbourne Victory future captain and coach Kevin Musket. Yes, it's the week of the Big Blue. And yes, me and Joseph Esposito are here to preview it. Hello, Joseph. How are you? Oh, <laughs> bravo. What a way to start a show. How long did you practice that in the mirror for? Uh, it's, it's been a walk in, work in progress for a couple of weeks now, <laughs> Oh, well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to... Episode 5 now for round 5 of the A-League show. That's uh, we had our special entrance there from Mr. Matthew, Vitti- Mr. Matthew Vitiello. Sorry, I should say. My name is Joseph Esposito. And yes, this week is our Big Blue special. That will be our big talking point. Uh, I don't think we could be sitting any further away from uh, from each other than, than we possibly could <laughs> right now. Um, I think we might butt, ahead, butt, butt, a heads, butt heads slightly tonight. Our two teams finally going up against each other. And what, what a great parallel for Steve Corica and Kevin Musket. It is, it you is. You know, two once teammates, once very good friends, playing for playing for and with each other at Wolverhampton mm-hmm. Wanderers and the Socceroos yep. now coming up against each other. Face-to-face in the dugouts, both looking impeccably sharp in their suits, mm-hmm. but not as impeccably sharp <laughs> yes. as Mark Redette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Diego Simeone himself. <laughs> well, mate, before we get on to... Uh, the Big Blue and the, the fixture between Sydney FC and Melbourne Victory, I think it's only fair if we touch on just quickly and briefly, only for you know a handful of minutes here, just to quickly uh, talk about the Socceroos. We've had two friendlies in you know the last handful of days or so, one international, uh, one international friendly and the other one a farewell, deemed a farewell game. Yeah. So um, I guess we'll get going. The first game against South Korea... I guess people people kind of dubbing it as Arnold's real first game in charge. Yeah. Barring the you know whitewash against Q uh, eight. So just quickly, mate, kind of quick wrap up and thoughts about not just the South Korea game, but uh, last night's farewell game for Timmy against Lebanon. Over the two games as a whole. Be honest. I think yeah. I think I mean it has to tell us something about going into the Asian Cup and what mm-hmm. our team is, and it looks like Arnold's going to stick with this team, but. The main areas of concern for me are up front. What are we doing with our striker? Jamie McLaren hasn't had a shot on target in five games. Tommy Urich hasn't had a shot on target mm-hmm. in five uh, in several games, but that's because he's squandering chances left, right, and centre. Oh. How many did he squander? It, it, it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And neither of them are really getting regular minutes at their clubs, and that's an issue. Mm. Another issue, another person who's not getting regular minutes at his club, Trent Sainsbury. Yeah. I'm I'm one of Trent's biggest fans, but he looks like a player that's not playing regular football. Yeah, and it's showing. Well, so, he's only well, he's starting to he's starting to turn the corner. It's like yeah, was, look, if you were starting the Asian Cup tomorrow, would he be at the centre? No, of I know defense? I know what you're saying, but, but you know that's what I, that's what I was saying to you. That's what I've been saying to you is that you know we're not starting it tomorrow, and that's why you know we've got the next what where what are we at now? Middle of November, back into November, we've got another six six weeks or so of football. Yeah. Look, um, he, he's really got to turn a corner because it's, oh, no, it's, 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 it's frankly it's disrespectful that. to a player like Milos Degenek mm. or a player like Mark oh, said, Milligan who are getting oh, regular minutes. Even Matt Yerman. What, like, what, what, yeah. what does Matt Yerman have to do? But These guys are playing. Yeah. Well, I guess if they keep going the way they're going, they're, just, they're only going to be pushing the uh, the envelope further around uh, Trent Sainsbury. But yeah. I think it was... Uh, I think 
we briefly saw our, our, our target man last night, and yeah. that was Andrew Naboo. And I think that's who... That's what that's who I think will lead the line. Really? Yeah, I think uh, I think he's Graham's man. I think I think Arnold likes Jamie, but Jamie isn't. He's not sort of rough and tough enough. Whereas Naboo, Naboo's just an animal in there. You know, he's so quick. He flies in with his body and he can run. Arnold loves defend. Uh, sorry, uh, strikers that can defend from the front have the brain to do that. I think Naboo does. I don't think Urich does. Okay. And Urich looks so far below what what we've come to expect him to be in front of goal. I mean, he squandered a handful of chances last night against Lebanon. He just doesn't look the same player. Yeah. So, um, interesting. But I guess, as I said to you, you know, you kind of have to... have we, we have to give it a bit of time. And I think that Arnold has always been... He's always been a project manager. Yeah. So, pardon the, pardon the pun there. But he's always been... A, he's not, he's not a, a quick-fix sort of coach. He's someone that's kind of tried to build things over time. We saw it at the Mariners and we saw it at Sydney FC, and they both bared championships. I'm not saying we're going to go and win the World Cup, but if we give it time, things could happen. I think the Asian Cup might be a bit of a wake-up call. Yeah, look, um, I, look, I hope so. It's his first you know, proper um, proper go at being a proper manager at an international tournament, mm-hmm. barring you know his previous with the Socceroos. Yeah. I wonder whether he... Um, yeah, I really wonder whether he has what it takes. Whether he has what it takes to make those big calls. Yep. Playing a playing a player like Naboo ahead of anyone else that anyone would consider like McLaren and Urich, that'd be a big step. Hmm. So let, let's look. Uh, I hope you're right, and I hope he does make a big change like that. But yeah. I guess time will have to tell. Yeah, him. I mean Naboo's obviously just coming back, but again, yeah, time will tell. And obviously, we'll be able to speak a bit, speak about it a whole lot more the closer we get to it. And I mean, we have a fixture against Oman, I believe, about about a week yeah. out from the from the tournament starting. So. Uh, that'll be another run through for Farnborough and the boys. Well, mate, moving on to the biggest talking point of the night. Bring it on. And that is Sydney FC versus Melbourne victory. Another instalment of what I feel is the league's best derby. The longest running. Definitely. Longest running. Highest quality. Completely. Two of the, the two best, you know, success-wise teams in the league's history. They've been up there for a while. And, you know, barring all the... You know, major scrapping of, you know, active support and so on. Um, I think that there's such a such a healthy rivalry there, yeah, and there's a proper cultural significance mm. in the game, which is what all good derby games have. Yep, yep. It's not it's not like a it's not like a Fulham versus Chelsea. Yeah, or a Sydney derby. Yeah, or a Sydney derby. Yeah, it's um it's proper. Proper culturally and significant, and it's been—I think it's been born out of, you know, both clubs' successes over the years, and still to this day, like I know for a fact, we've we'll, we'll, we'll seen it—the the game sold out. This is a Sunday night game at five o'clock, yeah, and you've got the away end sold out. People travel. It's like Sydney, like I was saying to the other day, when Australia Day comes around, Sydney fans love getting down to Melbourne. So, yeah. um, and we've you know been told today that it ha- it is sold out at uh, at Cogra at Oakey Jubilee, so. That'll be a fantastic game. Twenty thousand people packed in there. Yeah, um, I think it could make make for one of the uh, one of the great big blue derbies. But mate, kicking off first question: your initial thoughts about the game in terms of the run of uh, both team seasons so far? I think victory have been building to a head of steam, mm-hmm. um, culminating in that fantastic win a couple of weeks ago against the Central Coast. Yep. I'd like to see victory kick on now. Mm-hmm. And to really cement their place, Sydney started like a house on fire, mm-hmm. and then with that FFA Cup game, and with the Newcastle game, I know we had a game in between there, yeah. but 
have started to sort of falter a little bit. Maybe that little you bit reckon? of maybe that little bit of depth that they had last yeah. year, they're starting to realise isn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Whereas Victory had their problems to start with. And they've sort of overcome them mm-hmm. to get to this point. So oh, look, I think it's a it's a proper acid test for both teams. For sure. Both teams playing very high quality football, probably mm-hmm. some of the highest quality po- football bar Perth mm-hmm. in the league at the moment, as yep. it stands. With big marquees looking to endear themselves to the fans, it should be it should be a cracker. Yeah, I think it'll be a cracking game. I think that in the run of in the in the scheme of the season, um, you know, it's not going to have a major bearing on the season, like you know, the the run of the season itself. You know, yeah. But if, if either team loses or you know a draw, I don't think it's going to falter either side uh you know massively or anything like that but yeah i think you're bang on there with what you said so it's um it's already you know warming up to be quite the game mate my next question who should win and why on the balance of form mm-hmm. i'd actually i'd actually say it's a draw i know well wow. i know you probably want me to pick a team no. but i would think on the balance of things both teams aren't at their best yet. Mm-hmm. Both teams are still building or coming down. And I think that, yeah, this 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 could see us having it as a draw. What yep. about yourself? Um, I had, funnily enough, I had, um, you know, Sydney on form because of their form. And I know that Victory have been building. Mm. But if you look at Sydney this year, they played a huge... They played... They were, you know, a part of the best FFA Cup final we've seen to date. Correct. And were beaten by, had to be beaten by two absolute world-beater goals yeah. from Craig Goodwin. They then had to back up two days later and play, at the time, a huge game against City. Polished them. And mm. I think Newcastle just pipped them at the end. Not taking away from, from what I but what I wanted to say, sorry, I want to say Newcastle just pipped them at the end there, you know, the, the late, late goal, which is proof to what you're saying, that depth, being able to bring on someone in that final part of the game. Mm. Of the quality to step in there and say we're not copying here, goal. You know we're going home with three points. But in saying that, victory have been building to a head of steam, and something I think a massive, massive X factor for victory in this game will be Ola Toivonen. Yeah, starting to come back. Will he start? We don't know. But he has had another two weeks worth of training. So under his belt, his fitness and everything is obviously rising. So whether he starts or not, regardless, I think we're going to see him for mm. a, a, a large portion of the game. And I think that that'll be Sydney's biggest test to date with Ola Toivonen coming in. Look, so I think I think probably where our perceptions differ is on our perception of the teams that Sydney have faced. So I see a draw against a weak Newcastle side as not being that great. No, no, I that's see, what I'm saying. I, yeah. I see a win against Melbourne City to bounce back at the time was great. But mm. as we've seen so far, Melbourne City, and I know they beat my team, but... They're not much chop. No, that's, come, what, that's what I said. Come round fighters in, they're not much that's chop. That's why I said at the time it was, and it was seen the as a game. The game against Adelaide, I know we might say they were worldies. I thought they were, Sydney was sort of bullied by the sheer willpower and determination you over of, the, uh, of the determination oh, of, a, of, a, last, of a dog at Adelaide's side. In the last 10, 15 minutes, for mm. 35, 40 minutes of that game, it was the other way around, and uh, Marco Kurz was quite. You know, it was evident on the sideline that he was 
asking for a whole lot more from his team because for a long time there they were chasing he was rolling. He was rolling them up in the last 10 minutes of a cup final. Okay. No, that's, no, that's, that's because, his job. No, that's, what I'm saying is because for, for a 30-minute period, they were chasing shadows. But they were chasing shadows effectively and they, they were getting the job done. They were being resolute. Mm. Yeah, but they weren't... I don't think Sydney got bullied. Two years ago, Sydney would have beat that Adelaide yeah, team. We're talking they would have about polished right them off. Now. 1-0. Easily. It's well, not the, it's well, not well, the same. Well, we're not talking about the A-League here. We're talking about and look, if, if I can put it, if I can put it down to a moment where this Sydney team have sort of come out of their ruthless best, mm-hmm. I've got to say it's got to be that Terry Antonis goal in the semi-final last <laughs> year. Well, then, I think another time would have to be when we won on penalties in that grand final twice. Oh no, oh. no, no! I'm just joking. I'm just joking, Matthew. We'll move on. We we'll move on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't. I, I just need four, four, um, four seconds to think of that. One second for each Hyundai A League championship. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, look. Moving on. Let's talk about our. Well, we've both put together combined elevens here. Yes. So, I'm going to go with mine first. Oh, we'll, we'll go position we'll, by position. We'll go position by position. So I've gone. In a four-three-two-one, sorry, sorry, four-two-three-one yep. uh, formation. Very similar to me. So I've got Loris Thomas at the back. I've got Loris Thomas at the back as well. So I, I think we can both agree, probably the best goalkeeper in the league. Yeah. Okay. I think after that grand final last year, he definitely yeah uh, put the nail in the coffin for that debate. Right. Uh, what about at right back? Right back, I have Ryan Grant. I have Ryan Grant as well. Socceroo. But Storm Roo has been playing some very very good football. That's why I well I'm gonna say I have Storm Roo as my left back. I know that's oh, not you're possible, cheating. but I wasn't going to put because because I didn't think Corey Brown and or Michael Zullo. Okay, well I thought about doing that as well, but I thought I'd stick to the rules. Okay, but no, I'm ha- if it's going to be a combined eleven, I'm happy to compromise. That's with no you. there because but, but like if we're talking about the best players. Okay, yeah. Okay, it, no, we're, we're going to, up against Perth. Yeah, yeah, we're going up against Perth for the final. The Sydney Melbourne team is coming up against exactly. Tony Popovich. Exactly, Perth. we've got to beat it. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Exactly. All right. So, all right, we'll have uh, we'll have Stormer at left back, Ryan Grant at right back. Yep. Um, Who are your, your two centre backs? My two centre backs are Van der Linden. Okay. And Thomas Deng. Thomas Deng oh. has been faultless since he's come into. Oh, Nah, nah. Trust I me, mate. Trust me. Been I to all the games. <laughs> I've watched all the games. To- Thomas Deng is uh, he? He's been faultless since he's come into the victory team. Niedermeyer still lets the ball get under him a bit, and he, he's not too great. I thought he'd be very good in the air, very yeah. calm and short, and he's not. Um, Would well, you think Thomas Dang has been the player he is this year because of having no, someone like Tom- Niedermeyer next Thomas to him? Thomas Dang is is the better defender than George Niedermeyer at this stage. Okay. Yeah. Trust me. Okay. I, well, I was gonna, I was tossing up between the two, but I had that was my argument going that Thomas Dang has been the player that he has been. This. Not not taking anything away on a whole heap away from, him, but having someone like Niedermeyer next to him. Right. Learning from. You know, Niedermeyer is a fantastic player. So, but I understand mm. what you're saying. Dang, dang! When he came back, he didn't. He came off the bench against City in the derby because he got back from Q8 only days before, yep. and since then he's been in every game. So he's another one. Just a side note, he's another one that could be pushing for that Socceroos, that Socceroos yeah, centre back spot. So, um, um, my yep. two centre, uh, my two centre midfielders. Yep, holding midfielders. I think we're both going to have one that's the same. I Brandon O'Neill. Okay, great. And I have KSK Honda. Okay. I've been tossing up a little bit, and I guess we'll sort of get to this, but I'm happy to have KCK there, because mm-hmm. KCK is definitely in my team, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he played his best... I think KCK played his best football against Central Coast when he was a bit higher, but mm. I don't want to put Josh Belante in my team. No, I, I don't know, really I want to Josh, put Carvalho Josh, to be, uh, to be honest, which is a 
which is a you know a shame in a way because Josh, like we, we've spoken about, how we know how good Josh is. I he when I when I sat down and did this uh, combined eleven, mm. it's a, I, thinking about it now. He didn't even cross my mind, which is probably mm. not a, you know it's not a great thing at all. But Here, here's one for you: if we were putting KSK higher up the pitch, would you rather have Antonis or Brillante next to O'Neill? No, I'd rather have Antonis. Antonis Antonis needs a needs to deserve a shout here because he is. Everything Melbourne Victory are about at the moment. Mm. Oh, he's like passion, hard work, the big moments. Like, look, wish... how many big moments has he been involved no, in? That's in his short I still stint. wish. I still wish that Sydney had yeah. never got rid of him in the first place. He's a fantastic player. Like when he came back uh, from overseas. But yeah, no, he's he's bought his his ability with the ball and his passing range from with both feet as mm. well. His left foot is look. I, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's going to be a soccer or anything, but. No. He is he's a serious asset to the club. Oh, I'm, completely. I'm really happy we've got completely. him. Completely. Okay, uh, hold on. Let's just go through the team. So in goals we've got Lawrence Thomas, Thomas Ryan Grant, Grant, next to Deng, Van der next Linden, to Van der Linden, next, next to Rue. Rue. Then our double pivot in front of them is O'Neill oh, and Keske Honda. Honda. My right midfielder, yep. I have Milos Ninkovic. Okay. Happy with that. Yep. My number ten, I have James Troisi. I also have James Troisi. I I'm not sure if I've spoken highly of James Tracy enough, but he's really turned a corner this year. Yeah, he like he, he's on he's on insane form. And as I that that's I think Tracy has been in tremendous form. And I've said a lot to you off there, I'm sure I've, I can't think off the top of my head, but I'm sure I've said it already this year on air, is that a massive reason of why he's playing the way he is is because he has someone like Honda behind him. Yeah. And that's not taking away from from Troisi. That's when that's like what I said when 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 victory signed Honda, the brilliance of it all because now Troisi doesn't have to worry about that part of his game because yeah. he knows that defensive area he just has to focus on going forward and doing what he's good at and that's why he's come on leaps and bounds. So yeah, my left midfielder, I have Alex Brosk. Okay, who do you have? So I originally had Antonis in central midfield and mm-hmm. Kaske in left midfield. However, I'm ha- I'm happy to. Be a little bit flexible with our tactics, and I'm happy to put Alex Broski there well, as well. I was going to put Barbarousas there, but one thing I will say about... And Barbarousas on his day is a fantastic player. Yeah. But I think that something that I've loved, you know, clouded eyes being a Sydney fan, I think something that I've loved about Brosk, even in these in these back end, you know, he's in the back end of his career now, these last three or four years, you've always known what you're going to get with him every game. Yeah. And he's just so consistent. Yeah. It's almost and like a, like a, you know, you look, you know when you, look, you watch James Milner, you know what's, you know what you're going to get from Milner yeah. every game. Like, I, I know what I'm going to get from Brosk every game. He's not going to score every game, yeah. but... As, a, as an outsider looking in, I couldn't tell you what Alex Brosk does particularly well or what he's ever done particularly well as a player, but he just, he's, he's a leader, one, mm. he's consistent, Two and he shows up when it matters. Three, yeah. like the, the amount of goals he scored, he he scored a fair few goals for Sydney, and you wouldn't think it. No, because no, that's of the players that are constantly around him. Completely, but I think that like you know, I've gone to a few uh, Sydney FC sessions in the past, and um, you know, normally you see you know the young boys staying behind in sessions because you know they they want to get in the starting team and they want to crack it, and you know they yeah. want to show the, the you know the gaffer that they're stinking back and working on their game, but. They're there, but Alex Brosk is always there. He's always doing these extras and extras, and that's you know a big reason for it. And up front, I think we can both say Adam Lafondra. Adam Lafondra. Yeah. 
I would have had if you know slightly maybe if we, if we were you know I thought about this just for conversation's sake. I think if we were you know maybe three or four weeks further down track, Toivonen, Toivonen would yeah. have been in there. Not not aside from the Fondra, but he would have been in there with oh, him. Obviously, I hope as a Melbourne Victory fan that it is a conversation we can have in a couple of weeks. For sure, and um, I think it will be a conversation we will yeah. be having. So no, I'm happy with Lafondra too. Just on Lafondra and Honda, what great imports they've been. Oh, it's okay. incredible! Like full. Kudos to the A-League and to um, both clubs respectively on recruiting not only players that can actually play the game and are willing to, uh, that can actually play the game and can bring the league up, but they're willing to play the game. Like, Adam LaFondra and Kasugi Honda give as much respect to the A-League as we give Completely. to them. That's what I was saying. There was um, online, we had a discussion the other day on Instagram about it. I was saying that that, that, that discussion that we had the other week about mm. is Honda the, the greatest and, you know, not taking anything away. And I want to clarify, not taking anything away from how important... Del Piero has been mm. for the Australian game, but having players that still have years in them. You yeah. know, Del Piero came into the league at 37. Yeah, you know? yeah. and look, let's and not discount Thomas Broich and Shinji. Oh, Broich, of course. Well. But see, yeah. look, look at Thomas Broich as well. Sorry, I, I should. Thomas Broich, arguably, Barisha. Yeah. Right? They were players that still have, you know, had years in them and played. And like you said, the, the not that Del Piero didn't show the respect, but like just the. You know, the commitment, the showing up constantly, the, the consistency. Is, the so difference on and on and on. now is if a Broich or a Berisher level player came into this league now mm-hmm. at the level they were when they first came in, they wouldn't be as good. No. The league's come on. Yeah. We're, we're now at a point where recruiting a big name player that can that can play football and will be able to play football for three or four years, it has to be a player everyone knows about now. Yeah. Because of the level our league's at. Milos Ninkovic may be a different story because yeah. not a lot of people have had uh Heard of him, but now if we want a player that's going to be able to sustain it, sort of like when Major League Soccer brought in Giovinco, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they have to be players people have heard of. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, long may it continue. Yeah, would we beat Perth with that team? Yeah, I think so. I don't think, as I said, I just, I I think Perth are just the right now. We'll we'll talk about it soon um, when we look back when we look at their game against the Mariners this weekend. But Perth. It's it's just a classic. It's just a classic Popovich side, mm. like the Wanderers were. It's not like you know Wanderers had their you know their marquees, their Onos, and um, mm. I remember in it back. He wasn't there for long, but he was brilliant. And God, he made me feel ill every time he picked up the ball. Vitor Saba, um, like they had these flashy players and players that could play the ball and move around. But the Wanderers for so long, when they went in the Asian Champions League run, yeah. like they were battering teams. They were just impossible to break down. Yeah, and they had they had players there that could finish one 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 chance or two chances where they needed. And I think that's what you're looking you're looking at right now with Perth, you know. So yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that team could beat Perth, but I think it could too. Who who's coaching? Obviously not you and me. We'll be in the, <laughs> we'll, we'll be, we'll be in the corporate box. I would never coach a game of football with you, Matthew. Um, I think that'd be I think that'd be headbutt city. I think that it, I think Kevin Musket would have to take this. Yeah, if, no, if Musket. If, no. if we if we have to pick one of the coaches, no, I Musket, think it has to be Musket. Musket. Not most successful with... coach in the league. Exactly. Yeah. So can you say it? No, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say Kevin Musket. Um, Vitislav Levitko, can we get him in here? Um, well, mate, just to finish off the the topic, how big is this fixture for either side to win, not draw? If this was to be a win, I've said Sydney. I think this is mm. bigger for Sydney purely because it's the first time we played them since that. Would you call the semi final loss a shock for Sydney? Uh, no, nah, I wouldn't call it a shock for Sydney. No, no, no. Nah. Like, like, did well the run of the league. People, people were tipping Sydney to beat Victory that day. 
regardless, you, you regardless. Could see, you could see Sydney were slowing down oh, compared to last year. Completely. I think I think this is a bigger... If Sydney were to win, it would be bigger for Sydney. Purely, they've just got to put that, put yes. that to bed. Yes. And no doubt in my mind that there'll be some sort of banner there in the in the victory end or something yeah. like that. Just to, just as a little reminder. Uh, look, I, so. I think this fixture probably just needs to return to being not a normal fixture, not a fixture where one team has a hoodoo over another team. Like no. victory went so long playing the same game against Sydney. I I would I actually wouldn't enjoy. Oh, I'm hesitant to say this, but I wouldn't enjoy the fixture if it was the other way. If we were like if the same game just had constantly kept getting played out and Melbourne victory kept winning. Until it all culminated in this in mm. this grand masterpiece of a yeah. of a final, I think this game should just go back to being you win one, we win one, you win one. Yeah, win because one. I mean, over that over that I'm trying to think, I guess that's what made your win that that semi final win all the more special. Was oh yeah, over Sydney, you know Sydney's two year you know, pretty much dominant run. They they had it over victory for we had a no couple idea of how to beat yeah. you. Yeah. So um, yeah, well, mate, moving on uh, to 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 wrap up the show now. Uh, we have to look at the rest of round five fixtures. Correct. Kicking off. On Friday night, Wanderers versus the Jets. At home, finally back at Spotless Stadium. Mm. Uh, we are still waiting for the new uh, Western Sydney Stadium to be built, which is, if anyone wants to have a look online, looking absolutely spectacular. Looking at it, absolutely virtual. As it's absolutely <laughs> virtual. No, but the photos of it, it is starting to it is starting to come together. So, But no, their first game back at Spotless this season. Yeah. Uh, I've got the Wanderers here, and I've got them convincingly. Yeah, I've got the Wanderers winning as well. I think Bruce Kamau's, um in the past few weeks has been really coming into the fore. Is Bruce Kamau a future soccerer, Matthew? I don't think so. <laughs> Not at the moment. Um, but he should... Um, yeah, I think he should look to run riot here. To be honest, yeah, I think, I think Kerr, I, not Kerr's. I think Babbles finally got his um, set formation. I think things clicked into gear up mm. in um, Mudgee, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think they'll, I think they'll kick on here. Yeah, Wanderers for me as well. I've got, I've got Riera to bag a hat trick in this game. I like that. That is Riera. bold, and I like that yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. I've got that. Uh, next game, Wellington versus Adelaide. I've gone a draw. Yeah. Even though they lost against Wanderers, you know, three nil in the end at home last time, I still think that they're playing. A lot much better than what they have been, like yeah. as I've said all season, and still I think I still think they're they're still hard to topple at home. Yep. And I think that they could just be you know thorn in the side. But in saying that, it wouldn't surprise me if Adelaide went there. And won. I'll take the other side of the analysis. I'll look at Adelaide's side of things, and I actually, whilst I do really like Kurz as a manager, and I do like the players that they can put out and how they play, mm-hmm. I actually think Adelaide will lose this one. I think they still have a bit of. Um, Carpeno a bit over? of way, no, a bit of way to go before they reach their absolute best again. Okay, and I think I think Rudan will Rudan and his boys will surprise them and take the win. Diego Rudan. Diego Rudan. Rudan. How good. Uh, next one. This is an interesting game. I reckon this could potentially be. This could be one of our games of the round. Yeah. I think. In Brisbane versus City, I've gone Brisbane. Yeah. Just because I think that City are still lacking the punch yeah. where it counts. Look, this is the, this is the acid test for John Aloisi. If it, Come John, on, John. John Aloisi coming off a high in Mudgee. If they want top six, they have to win their games like this, don't they? They have to win their games like this. And if Melbourne City are to just rock up and to pull a Melbourne City and to just pull a you know, 1-0 win out of nowhere, mm. where, where have either of these teams come? 
in, you know, a year, two years of football. The great discussion. They haven't done anything in like two years. I'm telling you, if City snatch this win, I will be so disappointed in both managers because I can see how good this City side is. Mm. Go away and and beat Brisbane, then get smacked by Sydney a couple of weeks before. And I know how good this Brisbane side is. But Aloisi's just got to put things together. This is the acid test for them. Be cool, Matthew. Prove me wrong, John. Go on, Johnny. He listens every week. He listens every week. We know. No, but it's a, no. It is. It is. This is a huge game for for Brisbane. And if they want to be a top six side this year, which I said, I predict, I said the start, and I stand by it. Yeah. If they want to be, and they can be, they have to be formidable at home. Yeah. Especially, um, Adam Adam Taggart, please score a hat trick for me. Uh, our final game. This is this is uh, this game will be played after the Sydney FC game. Yeah, we'll probably be sharing sharing a meal on two separate tables. Yes, we are <laughs> in two separate pubs. Um, Perth Glory against the Mariners. I've gone Perth, and it potentially being very very ugly. Yeah, I think Andy Keogh is going to be licking his lips. Yeah. I bet you he's thinking about it right now. now. <laughs> or CC could have another phenomenal game. Nah, I can't, I can't see them. I think the Mariners are broken. Already, I think yeah. the Mariners are broken already. Yeah, yeah, I think it's too far gone for them. Yeah, well, oh, oh, prove me wrong, but yeah, Mulvey, Mulvey and the boys, yeah, the Mulvey bunch. Anyway, my friend, much, much discussed, and I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have a few views uh, come the end of this round. Now, oh, you have a few words. Oh to, no, to... no, no, I was just going to read something out for the listeners. That you know, as we go, as we drown out, you can drown my voice out softly if you okay. like. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up our show. I leave you in the. A hopeful in the hopeful, cap, hopefully capable hands of Mr. Matthew Vidiello. Thank you, Joseph. Good night, everyone. <laughs> the game produced football for those who like it raw. There was a friction of excitement running throughout the 90 minutes, with plenty of scrappy goal mouth action. The goal that settled it, however, was one that would have graced the Premiership. Corica knocked the ball out to Neil, <laughs> Neil Enblin on the right and then sprinted 20 yards to pick up the return. He hit a low shot from the edge of the penalty area beyond Kevin Poole in the Birmingham goal. The goal helped release two and a half years of pent-up aggression for the Australian, who last scored at Crystal Palace in November 1996. How do you know this? I've done my cruciate ligament on my knee twice since the last time I scored, said Corica. It was nice to score again, especially such an important goal. The closest Birmingham came to scoring was in the 24th minute when Michael Johnson met a Kevin Musket corner with a header which flew up off the wet turf and looked to be looping in until Michael Gilks deflected it into the bar. Yes, guilty. <laughs> yes, guilty. Thank you much, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Joe Esposito. We're here with Matthew Vidiello. That is another episode of the A-League Show. Thank you and good night. <laughs> <laughs>